I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, December 12, 2019. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What a day we had the pop on the China news, the market went up and the market stayed up. And if you recall, and there's two lines on the chart, we're going to get to that in a minute because that little purple line is very, very interesting. It's actually quite amazing when you think about it. And then you think back to all the things we discuss. We'll get to that in a moment. But think back to there's nothing wrong with the market. It's in an uptrend. We discussed those bullish patterns last night. Remember this one, the 120-minute chart? Here's your flagpole. Here's your bullish, wedgish, flaggish pattern type of thing. And there's your continuation move. We looked at the 60-minute chart. We looked at the 120-minute chart. I think we looked at the 240 chart as well. Whatever chart we looked at, we talked about the duck and the duck showed up. So I had a short trade on and I said, if in fact we close above the old highs, you have to move out of the trade. So I moved out of the trade. I took a loss. But here's the deal. There's going to be another trade, the same trade right around the corner. And it's going to be, in my opinion, a whopper. So for me, I knew the risk. It is what it is. However, I'm not afraid to get back in at higher prices. Speaking of which, how much higher can they go? Can they just fail and come down tomorrow? Absolutely. And I did say that a couple of closes up here would really do it. However, I moved out of the trade, but if you didn't, I'm getting right back in, not that far away. So if you have time on the clock, meaning it's an option trade, for example, and you have time, meaning it doesn't expire Friday, doesn't expire next week, but you have some time on the clock into 2020, the trade should be okay. I'm just willing to get back in at another price. I just followed my own rules. It's that simple. Since we're on the topic, how much higher can they go? Where is this destination? Well, we know, A, we're in no man's land, so it's very difficult to pinpoint a spot. We tried it with the 315.04. It worked once, it worked twice, and now guess what? It didn't work again, so 315.04 is off the table. There's a different destination the market has in mind, obviously. Not playing Monday morning quarterback, just saying that's where we are today. The market's dynamic. The analysis has to remain dynamic. Let's discuss where can they be going. For that, why don't we just use the S&P Cash Index? We'll throw a little short hop out there. We don't look at it often. It's all the same. S&P Cash, SPY, Futures, doesn't make any difference. And the reason is we're not trying to pinpoint this to the penny. We're going to talk in terms of ballpark figures. Why? Because we're in no man's land, I'm not going to try and pick a price down to the tick, down to the dollar, down to the penny. Doesn't make any difference. For now, what we're discussing is the next big fat round number, which is 3,200. Now, whether the market stops on a dime, whether it even gets there, or whether it spikes through by, let's just say, 
5, 10, 15, 20, 25 points. Either way, that's generally going to be magnetic for price. The market, as we get closer to a fat round number like 3,200, the market will be attracted to that. It will become magnetic. doesn't have to run up there all in one shot, but right now, they're on a run. We've just broken out. Everybody wants to believe higher prices are coming. We're into the end of the year. We start talking about Santa Claus rally. Everything becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, how long it takes to get there? Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's two days. Maybe it's three days. Do I think it takes three to five weeks to get there? No, I don't. I think it's too close. I think this is culminating. I think they're putting in a top. Now, I've said that before, and by the way, I've been wrong before. And just to put everybody on notice, I'm going to be wrong again. It's a function of the business. That's just the way the market works. That's the way trading works. We all know that. Here's a 240-minute chart, and let's just say the corresponding price is somewhere in the neighborhood of $320 to $322, give or take, in the SPY. Traders that have taken the course lazy e-mini trader will be able to identify why this price exists how it's derived it's right out of the course and not only that it's part and parcel to how i come up with all the numbers all the time i use all the tools in the toolbox this is one of the tools they're all found in the course looking at the daily chart we can come up with the same thing using the daily chart you can use the 240 every single chart has a purpose we use all the charts because they all have value to what we do each chart or each time frame happens to be important at different points in time that's how we use it that's how we put them all together let me give you a case in point many traders would say there's no possible way no matter what's going on i can buy the market all the way up here from an intraday perspective very few traders can ride the horse even though the market's at all-time highs, making new highs. There's very few traders willing to hop on board. But let me show you a different perspective. What's one of the things we discuss over and over and over again, which is markets love to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. We talk about it just about every day. Why should today be any different than any other day? So now let's discuss what that other trend line was at 315.48. So you can see when the market ran up and it ran up on the China tweet, we're making a deal with China, phase one's going to be signed, all that stuff, fine, doesn't really matter. We already knew they were buying soybeans and whatever else they're buying in phase one. This really is, and it doesn't look like it yet, but this really is one of those sell the rumor deals. It just hasn't culminated yet. But let's get back to what I was discussing. The market runs up like a bat out of hell, has a tweet, takes off, panic buying, real buying, short covering, whatever it was, it takes off. Now, the market begins to pull back. A, how do we know it's not going to keep going? Well, first of all, that's really common sense. It's not going to just keep going forever. From an intraday perspective, of course, the market's going to eventually run out of steam, especially when it goes up this fast, that far. But just to switch gears a second, we'll take a look at inside the numbers because in here you're going to read the market will put in a mid-morning pivot. And then you'll hear the market put in a mid-morning pivot. 
So you can read this at your leisure. What I'll do is just scroll around. You can stop and start the video whenever you want. We'll take a quick look at stocks on the move. We had one trade hit its target today. Lulu might as well take a look at that chart. But let's go through the morning notes and see what else was going on before and after the Thursday morning surprise. On one hand, we weren't really surprised to see them run up to test the overnight highs. The way in which they decided to do it and keep going, resulting from the tweet, the spark, all that stuff, was out of left field. But at the same time, we're not really surprised at the end of the day on all fronts. As we move along, what I'm doing is taking a look around the horn. I'm giving you my read on what the market's doing. Some days are easier than others. Obviously, when you can't see something coming out in left field like this and the market just spikes up, you have to let it do its thing and wait for the next trade opportunity. And that's where I'm going with this. We're going to discuss where that next trade opportunity was. I just want you to see the notes. You see everything that was said. We're talking about the mid-morning pivot. We're talking about the former breakout area. 315.48 was, in fact, the former high. So what happened? Let's just go through the common sense, logic, garden variety market behavior of what happened. The market broke out over the old highs. Then it did what? It put in a mid-morning pivot. It does that when the market's going down. It does it when the market's going up even more than 80% of the time. It's very rare that you just have a perpetual trend day in one direction without putting in some kind of a mid-morning or even late-morning pivot. So what happened was they did that. They begin to pull back. All of a sudden, things don't look so rosy. They're having a pretty darn good pullback. But what are they really doing? They're not doing anything except one thing. They're coming back to test the former breakout area. Nothing more, nothing less. Why was I talking about it inside the numbers? Because it's an easy way for me to say without just saying, because I can't say, do this. We make our own decisions. I give you the prices. I give you what I think. I give you my read in the market. And I'm telling you, they're coming back to test a former breakout area. We know under the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, that's going to be supportive of the market. That's French. And another way for saying it's an area you can take a long trade and you know where you're wrong. Now, I teach a lot of stuff like this in these videos, but the finer points are where the rubber meets the road. And those are all found in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. Stocks on the move, Lululemon, closed yesterday at 233.62, getting a haircut at the open, we're looking for a support zone. Yesterday, I got a pie in the face. Today, I got a steak sandwich, as did many other traders that took the trade. What did we say yesterday? You get right back on the horse, it's a mechanical process, the majority of the trades work out using the 80-20 rule, and those are about the numbers, about 80-20. The numbers you see on the board in the morning are going to be the numbers. How do I know that? Because I know my numbers. Again, we're going to lose trades. We're going to lose some trades, about 20% of the trades. That's the way the business works. But when you win 80% of the trades, and for example, what was this one? Once it got going, it ran up about $5 from the entry. Traders have choices along the way. How much do they want to take as profit? 
How long do they want to hold it? Those things are trader's choice. All right, let's get the ball back to the pitcher. Take a look over in camp IWM. Same routine as the spider. Nothing new, no change. We're not seeing anything different. It's not telling us anything different. All markets, and we discuss this all the time, when markets make a big move, it's all the same market. What did we talk about previously? The fact that the IWM was not getting rejected from these highs. We talked about that in a couple of markets. That's indicative of something. The fact that it was not rejected, right? Closed above the breakdown candle high. Same thing happened in the SPY. I stayed in the trade because the high was so close. But here, again, we didn't get rejected or they didn't get rejected. And that's telling you something. It's telling you the energy, instead of getting rejected and released to the downside, the same energy, which is ultimately going to be released, is going to go to the upside. One thing that we know, the market doesn't stay in the same place for very long. From time to time, it trades sideways for a while. But for the most part, the market isn't going to stay in the same place too many days in a row comes back to visit the same place, maybe month over month, looks like it's been in the same place, but in reality, the market moves around. Where's the next major area of resistance should the IWM continue higher? Well, I'll give you a zone, but it's not that far away. 165 to 166, maybe 166 and a half. But in that zone, there should be overhead resistance. By the way, here's a little short hop because I forgot to mention something. We need to talk about volume. It's important and it's part and parcel to the reason why there's likely higher prices coming. We had 94 million shares traded on the SPY today against an average volume. And the average here, the way I do it, is calculated a 90-day average, which is 55 million shares. So that's pretty good, almost double the volume, not quite, but significantly more than the average. Not that there was a ton of institutional buying where they have to buy the entire market up, but there was institutional participation, and this type of volume tells me that there's higher prices likely on the board. Let's talk VIX. Where's the buy and the VIX? Same routine. If you can get it down at 12, you buy it with both hands. I'm not sure it gets to 12, but if it gets to 12, I'm buying it with three hands. Why is that? Because whenever the VIX is down around 12, as long as you give yourself enough time, there's a very low probability of being wrong, which is precisely why we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Whenever the VIX gets down there, it seems to pay off. So we keep doing it over and over and over again. Look at this deal. Look what's going on down at the transportation department. We talked about this trend line a few times. They spiked the trend line and closed below. You think that trend line's important? I do. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. But I do what I do because the way I do it seems to work the majority of the time when I apply the 80-20 rule. So here, we've been looking at this trend line. They spiked the trend line put in a sign or signal of a trend change does this look familiar from anybody that's taken the course is this something right out of the course it really was and we can look at other charts and find more reasons why there was absolutely bona fide resistance up there i can look at a variety of different charts and give you a laundry list of reasons all which are found in the course lazy e-mini trader
Looking at the hourly chart, you can still see the importance of the trend line into the end of the day. Tried to rally up to get above it, and they couldn't. Do you think the trend line is important? I do. Anything different going on around in the queues? Not really. Same routine. It's all the same market. Move it along. The financials. If the financials are going up, is there anything wrong with the market? Absolutely not. We talked about this a hundred times. Look at the uptrend. Everything was in an uptrend. They took one dip below the 20 period moving average, recaptured it right away. Look where we are. Same as other markets. They all look very similar, close to the same. But remember, I'm going to be very interested in the XLF at the end of December to see where they close. I think that's going to be a telltale sign. So there's time left. We're getting into the holidays. When we do get into the holiday period, the volume should get rather light in the markets, but we can't forget what happened last year. Doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. The market had a real crash into the holidays. However, that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Anything can happen. We don't know that it will. We don't know that it won't. We're not even going to discuss it, even though we just did. Isn't that like when your mother says, I'm not going to tell you that I don't like blah, 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 blah. Ma, then you just told me you didn't like it without telling me. And then you can't get mad at your mother anyway. How about good old Smash Mouth, the SMH? Didn't we discuss the fact that this was another canary in the coal mine? We had canary in the coal mine 2.0. This is a canary for the tech space. So the transports are a long-term canary telling us something different is going on than what we're experiencing and seeing in the market today in the overall market. However, the SMH was saying in the short run, we're going higher. We talked about all this stuff yesterday. Nothing should really be a total surprise. How about bonds? We haven't talked about the TLT in a while. Figured I would bring it up. Why not? What have we discussed? We discussed the fact that bonds were probably finished going up somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, here they are continuing to head lower now on the weekly chart. Look what's going on here. So what I see is a weekly chart bearish wedgish pattern developing. Maybe it's complete, maybe it's not, but as long as they stay in this channel, what will normally happen is a continuation move to where? This one is telling us, with almost no shadow of any doubt, that it's going to come into right around the area where the 50-period moving average sits now. You have this breakout zone, breakup candle low. It's almost like it's screaming, that's where I'm headed. I can think of... Two more reasons why, all taught on the course, lazy e-mini trader. We've been discussing natural gas. We discussed the fact that natural gas could be traded against the low from the other day. Today was a nice big day to fill the gap in natural gas. Under normal garden variety conditions, they may struggle with this gap a little bit. If they go sideways and eat time off the clock, what's that telling us? It's telling us they're likely building energy to challenge what? to challenge the breakdown candle high. Exactly. But it's too early to tell. We're just pre-planning. And with that, folks, before I do so, meaning pull the ripcord, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. 
My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.